What it do, beautiful people, my melanated kings and queens. Welcome to Melanated Conversations. My name is Just The Verse. Let's converse. <laughs> yeah, I love it when you talk, baby. You feel smooth like butter. Come, come. Melanated Conversation. Really better to do my mood and observation. This week's conversation, what role should Christianity play in the African-American life? Growing up in a Christian household, I learned a lot about the Bible. I learned about all the things I shouldn't do and the punishments when I did. On the flip side, I was given a hope of a place where everything would be beautiful and perfect. But when I started to question things I was confused about, I would often be shut down and told I was being rebellious. Today, we will talk to someone who did his own research. Now, I'm not asking for your minds to be changed. We don't even agree on everything. But I am asking you to have an open mind, then go research for yourself. The way you talk lately ain't so crazy, maybe that's because both of us are sedated. First class, different plane of existence, everything you think is not so innovative. Underrated, but we gon' make it, just like the world, that's why they hate us. The leaderboard, but we the greatest, why do you think they imitate us? We rising up, can't intimidate us. Alright, so this week we have a very special guest. A childhood friend of mine, someone I have known for a very, very long time. We grew up in the church together, funny enough. But my now conscious brother is here to speak on this subject. And I just want to introduce you all to my bro, Nielsen Craig. How you doing, Nielsen? <laughs> there we go. Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah, you know I got to come irregular. <laughs> I expect nothing less. I expect nothing less. You know what I'm talking about? So, um, yeah. So I, I thank you, first of all, for coming on this conversation with me. This is um, probably one of the heavier conversations we're going to talk about. And I thought there would be no one better than you to speak. Um, and the reason is, the main reason is the story that you told me about how you came to what it is that you believe now. And if you don't mind, I'd appreciate if you could just tell the people this, that story. Absolutely. First of all, before I start, how you doing, Queen? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. Good, 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 good. Absolutely. Um, well... Yes, for those who don't know me, of course, I grew up as a Christian, specifically the denomination of Seven Day Adventist. That's how me and Stephanie met through the church, through that specific denomination. That's all I had ever known from about six years old. Uh, my parents were not born Seven Day Adventist, so I used to, you know, bother my dad to the you know, movies, you know, like the little kitty movies and stuff like that mm. on Saturdays. And then one day my mom met some of the longtime friends that we still have now, met them. You know what? I can't remember where my mom met them at. I think maybe at work, Guardian Care, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, from that point, she came back to the house and said, yo, we at Venice now. <laughs> and I'm like, 
okay, I'm like five years old. I don't know about no religion. I have no idea. But whatever you receive from your parents, you think that is gold. So boom, we at Venice. We start going to church on Saturday. So I'm at Venice. Cool. So that's all I've known all my life. Stayed within the church. Preached on a few occasions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like for me, for those who don't know me, like when I'm into something, I'm into it. Yeah. So you know, you try to give your your all, but along that way, you you kind of wonder, like I don't know, man. There's something still not not altogether right, but it's all you know. So you 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 just don't go with it. All right. Cool. So there's a lot within that, I'm sure, between me and you, a lot of people. But to get straight to the point, um, I moved to Atlanta. We used to live in Florida. I, I moved to Atlanta, and I meet my, at the time, friend. Uh, and then after a while, uh, we, st- we started dating a couple years later. We became real, real good friends working together. Um, but at the time she was with somebody, I, I, I was with somebody, you know, who I was with. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) (laughs) with that being said, we were kind of forced to be friends because we ain't trying to play, play no games. So we were working together, literally like she did the same thing I did, you know, within telecommunications, uh, working for T-Mobile and as friends, you know, I made this comment to her. I said, you know what? You're the type of person that I should be with because we work very well together. We communicate and I could see that that that's probably how marriage is. You know, you have to know your role and I'm not talking about male and female roles. I'm just talking about a role as far as within your marriage. So anyway, we develop interests within one another. We were able to come out of our relationships that we were in and then we gave it some time, and then after a while, we started dating. So when we started dating, she knew I was at Venice. So I'm thinking that, I right, she going to be at Venice because you knew from before we started dating. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, you want to go to church with me? She's like, cool, let's go. I'm like, all right, damn, this is nice. You know what I'm saying? We going to our Adventist churches within the Atlanta area, ha- 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 having a great time. But I noticed that the only time she goes is when I ask. Like, I just said, you know what? This Saturday, I'm not going to say nothing. Let me see if she's wanting to go. Nothing. She in the bed, sleep. I'm like, man, damn, why don't she want to go? Like, don't you have a good time when we go? You know, the singing, the chicken, Mm -hmm. everybody praising, whatever. And she said, look, I love you. And I'll go to church with you anytime. But I will not be Adventist. And I said, well, damn, like, all right. So I'm like, all right, what if we have kids? Like, I want my kids to go to Adventist schools. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, mind you, I, I didn't go to an Adventist right. school, but I'm trying to do better for my children. So I'm like, yo, and we have kids. Is it cool if they go to an Adventist school? She said, yeah, they can go to an Adventist school, but I'm not going to be Adventist. Let's let's just be clear. I will love you to, to, to death, but I won't be Adventist. So I said, all right, cool. And I told her for me, it's not a deal breaker either. Like, I'm not going to let you go. But Stephanie, you know how it is. Deep down. I'm like, nah, yo, I got to get, yo, I got to strap my boots up. I got to do some research. And she's going to be at Venice, damn it. Like, she's going to want to go. Because 
you know, growing up, I've seen couples that are like that. One mm-hmm. is Adventist, one isn't. And not that that's an issue. It's just that I don't want that for my life. Like, right. I want to do things together. So, boom. I didn't tell her anything. I just said, let me gather all of the information. Facts is what I'm thinking I'm going to find. So I start researching. I'm like just learning about seven-day Adventism, not necessarily Christianity, just seven-day Adventism. Right. And I'm researching, researching, because I'm like, I have to get facts. This can't be interpretation or opinion. Nobody goes off of that. So I have to get facts to convince her. And this whole time that I'm researching for the factual evidence for her to be Adventist, she don't know. So while I'm searching, I buck up on this man called Walter Ray. Uh, he used to go to um, Crest and like some of them Orlando churches down there. Okay. This this man was supposed to know Ellen G. White the best of anybody. And pause. Her literature, her life, and everything. Pa- and pause. For those that don't know, Ellen G. White, if you Google her um, in the Adventist church, she is um, a prophet that is often referred to. Um, some would go as far as to dag on their worship her, but whatever. Anyway, look her up if you want to know who Ellen G. White is. Correct. She's supposed to be the prophet, the prophetess. Mm-hmm. Well, William Miller pretty much is the foundation, but she kind of took that torch and kept it going. Right. But so. I want to start with her. I'm like, all right, let me find out about her. And then, and then Walter Ray, I read up on him because he's supposed to know the most. So let me go to him. Mm-hmm. And I buck up on, on his book called The White Lie. So I'm like, The White Lie. If this man is supposed to be the closest, like when I mean he knew her, mean he's seen in the vault of all her stuff that they hold so sacred. Right. Everything. And this man's book is about how she plagiarized everything mm-hmm. that she ever wrote. She does not know anything. She plagiarized from previous authors back in the 1800s mm-hmm. because how are you going to verify that she plagiarized unless you happen to know the books that she had? There, there ain't no computers. You know what I mean? Right. So once I found that out, I was like, ooh. So then I just kept trying to validate seven-day Adventism. And to cut the long story short, because we have other stuff to talk about, the more deeper that I went into finding facts about her and the Adventist church, even William Miller, the more I found out that that it was all plagiarized. Mm Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, damn, that's not really far-fetched from society right now. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of black inventors. There's a lot of black scientists that contributed to society, but they didn't get credit because they were either former slaves or slaves at the time. Right. So, so our white uh, brothers and sisters would plagiarize in a sense, take what they did and name it theirs. So it's not far fetched that they would take our spirituality and, plagiarize it. So anyway, mm-hmm. when I found out that seven day Adventism overall for, for the most part, all of it is plagiarized. 
it's based on a belief system, just like any other religion. I started to think like, man, this is amazing. Like I did not know. So I finally came to my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. and I said, well, when we get married, guess what? You ain't gonna have to worry about going to church on Saturday no more. <laughs> and she was like, yes, but she didn't know why. So I told her my, my journey. And then from that, we shared our journey together. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I said, okay, so we're not Adventists, but we're going to be Christian at least. So we can go to church on Saturday if we want. We can go to church on Sunday. It doesn't really matter. So we said we are Christian. But the person that I am, I go hard or go home. So I said, well, (laughs) so I'm like, well, if I research Adventism, then let me research Christianity. And that's when my whole world turned upside down. Mm. that's when I started to find out the true history of Christianity and why the history, the real history, I'm not talking about the history that's in the Bible. Mm. I'm talking about the history from, from a, a African perspective, as far as the people who went through it. Yes. Those people wrote books, Mm -hmm. you know, most of the time we only, read or listen to the people who did the enslaving. So that's their perspective. Well, what about the people who went through it? So I started to research that. And then when I heard of how they had to become Christian, then I started to say, nah, man, this, this is not it. Christianity is not it because based on just at that moment, Mm. I knew that, based on how it was and how it operated, it was not something for me a- a- anymore. Right. Um, um, I don't want to go too deep into that because that's a whole nother story. So then I, so then I realized that Christianity is not what it seemed. So then I finally came completely out of religion in itself. Mm -hmm. And because I came out of religion, I felt this just freeness. Now, most people feel like once you come out of religion and the Bible and any holy book, you have no morals. Like you're this wild, crazy person because you can do whatever you want. No, 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 no. That's (laughs) not the case. Because see, Stephanie, once you take, a religion from somebody, they have a void. So they're like, what do I feel this mm-hmm. with? So that's how Africa comes in. That's how going back to your ancestors come in. Mm-hmm. That's how going back slavery comes in. So, yeah. So basically once we came out to church, then I, that's when I really started. Well, by that time we had become married and that's when I really started to appreciate my wife because now I knew the power of women. Mm. You, you see, because in religion, women are heavily suppressed. You already know that. Yes. And with that being said, it was okay for me to be a Christian for so long and not really question it as much because religions benefit men. They do. Men came up with them. Mm-hmm. If you look in real history, not in the Bible, look in real history, women did not come with religions. It was men. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not far-fetched that everything is from a male perspective right. and there's no divine, holy woman, nothing like that. Right. 
so once I came out, that's when I truly appreciated my mother. I, I appreciated my female friends like you. Um, I appreciated my wife, like from a totally different perspective, because now you look at each other differently mm-hmm. because there's no, you know, God said this, you make up your mind in your reality, what this person is to you. Right. And, and with doing that with people who go through this journey of coming out of religion, you find out that a weight is lifted off of you that, you know, you're, you're, you're just more level headed based on then filling that void with something else, which is what, you know, we can get into later. Facts. And I can attest to that completely because, um, just like you, I was in the church. We were there. Um, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine that also grew up seven day events and, you know, Saturday, Sabbath, Friday night, Saturday, supposed to be resting. And we sat there and went through everything. Like it starts Thursday because Thursday you have to clean the house to prepare for Sabbath. Then Friday yeah. comes and you got to go to rehearsal or maybe there is a, a, a rap session or something like that. Then Probably if you have yeah. a grandmother like mine, you're going to be at church for Sabbath school. Sabbath school right. goes into divine worship. Then you got to go to somebody's house to eat. So you're around people. You're not even resting for real. Then you got to come it back takes over for your whole life. Facts. You got to come back for rehearsal. Then you have a Y. Then you have Vesper. Then, you know, we can't just go home. We all got to go hang out somewhere. Then you wake up Sunday and you got to go to Pathfinder. It's like, it's so hectic. And when I came out here to Arizona, um, I didn't know anyone for real. Um, I knew like one family, um, but I didn't know anyone for real, for real. So I was at home. I would go out to a church every once in a while, uh, you know, a Sunday or whatever. I met a drummer out here who's really cool. He's like my bro. And he was playing at a church. So I'd go every once in a while, you know, just to, to go because I felt at that time that I needed to go to church to maintain some type of stability in my life. And then I just kind of chilled out and didn't go at all. And then I just started having some one-on-one time when I just read and I just said, forget everything that I've been taught. I'm just going to just read and, you know, figure some stuff out for myself because things just didn't make any sense to me. And in doing that, exactly what you said, I started to feel a weight come off of me. I didn't feel restricted to being able to do things at, at certain times and stuff, but my morals never wavered. My morals Correct. never wavered. You know what I'm saying? It's just the Correct. the source of this, you know? So then yeah. I ask you, um, why do you think that African-Americans, specifically African-Americans, have such a difficult time opening up to there being other possibilities besides the um, religion that they were born into? Now, that's an excellent question. And I'm glad that you specified African-Americans. It's, it's because of this. What you just described, we got to go to church Wednesday, then Thursday, then Friday, then Saturday, and Sunday. It's like consistently somebody's on you, right? Making mm-hmm. sure. Well, how the hell do people think slavery was? Mm. If you got white people that's trying to be your master, they're going to dominate you. 
you got to remember these things just don't happen. And the reason why we think it's normal is because it's been normalized generation after generation after generation. You see white people had to make sure. And when I say white people, I mean, white people who have that white supremacist mentality. I don't mean all white people because I have some white friends that allow me to be who I am mm-hmm. and allow. And what I mean by, by that is you have some white people who don't want to hear about black right. people. Right. So I have white friends that allow me to talk better than some black people that I know. Right. So I don't want people to think that, oh, I hate white people. No, I love white people. I, I, I know who white people are. But the white supremacist mentality is to brainwash mm-hmm. so that so that when black people can no longer be enslaved physically, they can enslave them mentally. That's why when you're a a, a child, Stephanie, church is not an option. Now, in reality, church should be an option. This is belief. Right. This ain't real. See, people think that their beliefs are real. They are not. Right. How are they real? Because listen, if I read Harry Potter right now, Harry Potter is going to sound real. Right. But but if you tell me about Harry Potter and you're like, yo, Neil, I was reading this Harry Potter. Yo, this train is so dope. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to say, well, where is he at? And you're going to be like, well, I can't prove where he's at. You know what I mean? Right. But, you know, it, it's dope. You know, it's it sounds real, right? What the hell you think about? What can you <laughs> prove from, from the Bible? It's a belief system. Right. It's systematic. And that's why you you generalize it and say, how come? Because so many people have the same reactions. That's when you know something is systematic. Like for Like, for example, I only have an intelligent conversations. I do not argue about beliefs at all. We can talk about facts. If you want to talk about beliefs, I'm not the person. So what happens is this. People were forced to believe this stuff when they were slaves mm-hmm. in this country. And that gets passed on through your DNA. You understand? So the trauma that your great, 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 it passes down. And until you break that chain, that traumatic experience, it keeps going. You know, one thing that I learned that I had no idea, Stephanie, which is real deep, is how much, how many black women have been raped physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to know what's sad about that? Um, yeah. There is not every woman that I have been close to in my life has experienced, yeah. including myself has experienced, have experienced some sort of sexual abuse. Absolutely. It's, and they don't know how to express it. Exactly. And so, oh, man, it's so anyway, going back to your question, the reason why is because this is, this is deep. This is deeper than we realize. This is going back to slavery, man. Passed down. The specifically, the slave master has to make sure you accept 
what they're telling you. That's why they tell you to believe because they have no proof. And think about it. Why would your slave master give you the power to overcome him? Right. That's why Jesus don't work. First of all, when you can identify as an African based on real history, it's going to make your life a lot easier in understanding what we call life. The reason why is because everything has been manipulated of what you know. It. For example, your savior is not even African. He has a Greek name. Jesus is a Greek name. And that's the name that, that your slave master told you to call on to do what? To beat the same people that gave that to you? Mm. You got to be a fool. But no, the reason why you accepted it, Stephanie, and the reason why I accepted it is because it came from your mother. So it's not, so it wasn't your mother or your father's intention to mislead you. No, but they were passed down something that their parents were passed down and so on and so forth with that energy. So when you don't accept Christ, how do they feel? They get upset. Most people do, or they're disappointed. Now, why is that? It's a belief system. We have a friend and I won't say her name on here because I'm not putting her on blast, but it's a very, very, very close friend of mine. <laughs> and I remember that there was a lady in the church who told her that if she, she had just come down from New York, she was living her wild life, whatever, cool with you, went to your school. Hmm. Um, and they, <laughs> she told her, if you don't get baptized, you're going to hell. Right. So my girl went and got baptized. And guess what we did that Saturday night? I don't even know if you came with us. You could have. I don't know. But we went to the club to go celebrate that she got baptized. Right. I used to go to the club all the time. And see, that's what I'm talking about. But that that is funny, though. I know you talk. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, so it's like we are so we are brainwashed. Now, my yeah. mother was not Seventh-day Adventist, nor is my father. Funny enough, I'm the one who brought them to the Seventh-day Adventist church, going to church with my grandmother in New York. And I right. liked the church, and I started singing in the choir. So I'm like, come listen to me sing. But um, the, 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 still the, the Christian um, practice, not necessarily that uh -huh. specific denomination, but the religious and Christian practice was, of course, given to me. And I did the same with my son, you know, um, and we are so conditioned. We're so mm -hmm. conditioned to live a life based on what the man and the pulpit said we're supposed to do. And we just go with it. We have lessons that, that back this up. We have lessons written by other people. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but we wrote a lesson together, um, a Sabbath Correct. school lesson yeah, together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We were kids, but we wrote a lesson together. You know what I'm saying? And we're, we're just, we're living up to the standards, or at least I feel like we were living up to the standards of what, um, those people thought we should be doing. We love to say, Correct. oh, your relationship with God is personal. It's supposed to be a personal relationship. But if they don't know everything that's going on, it's not right. Mm 
God is unconditional. Right. He's under unconditional love. <laughs> but if you don't do this, then we go on this fellowship for on church. And if your name isn't on the church books, then you're going to hell. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like it's it's right. such right. a contradiction. And I remember so many times I'm glad that you said that word, but go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a huge contradiction because I so many times I've asked questions and I'm looked at as the black sheep. You know I always was the black sheep in one way or another. Oh but, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get to that, but go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I'm taking so, notes. Trust me. Go ahead. So with with you ask questions and it's like, you know, it's just what it is. And then it's right. well, find for yourself. Okay, well, when we find for ourselves and we come there and we say something, I remember um in Orlando where these people from another I believe they were Shepherd's Rod. Now, I'm not saying they were right, wrong, or whatever, because to be honest with you, I don't even remember what they were talking about, because I wasn't really listening like that. But the point is, the moment they came in and they said anything that contradicted what the church was talking about, we were all told, you do not need to talk to them, you need to ignore them if you see them in the street, don't have anything to do with them. But at the same time, it's like, I thought you said God is all-powerful. So God is all-powerful, why am I not reaching out to these people and trying to get them back why do i need to shun them same thing with these celebrities oh this person is the illuminati oh they worship the devil they sold their soul to the devil okay fine let's play devil's advocate they all sold their soul to the devil cool now why is it that you want us to leave them alone are you saying that god is not powerful enough to pull them once they get to the devil then all of a sudden they so we're just told whole ay services and stuff talking about all of these different people and reading their lyrics and all types of stuff is going on and it's like but on the flip side you want us to go knock on people's doors and tell them to come to church but those people we're not allowed to go to living contradiction correct i feel you and see oh man see all right I'm I'm gonna kind of go backwards here. You first said contradiction, then you said black sheep. But I'm gonna start with black sheep first. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I love the black sheep. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you're called black sheep. First of all, the white supremacist of this country around the world put a negative connotation on anything black. From now, they, everything. <laughs> Like many people don't even know that vanilla is actually black, but they bleached mm-hmm. it just, just to make it white. Mm-hmm. Anyway, most people scientifically don't know that we all come from black, dark matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason why I love black sheep is because those are the people that are supposed to break the generational curses. Mm. All black sheep are dope people. Do you know why? Because they ask questions. That's why you got so many quote unquote issues. You didn't have issues, Stephanie. You wanted to, you, you didn't know it, but you were the person to break that chain. Mm. That's why you got into it so much. And my queen sister, Edna. Yes. That's why me and her are so close. See, yes. I'm close to all the black sheep. Yeah, I now, still told Edna. That's my girl. Shout out to Edna. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Edna May. So I was not in the eyes of people a black sheep, but within myself, I was a black. I, I always had questions. Right. 
but, but you know what? They also put master. you on a pedestal. So it was kind of hard right. for you to be a black sheep, even if they wanted to. Nielsen was the golden child. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Right, because I knew how to be a good slave. Mm-hmm. See, the church <laughs> is a plantation. Literally. Like, that's how it was back in slavery days. That's how it is now. And so, no offense to my church people, to my church family, but the reason why I don't really talk to or even physically go is because I look at it as a plantation. Now, Mm -hmm. yeah, we had fun on the plantation, but at some point, you want to be free. Right. And then if I physically go back to the plantation, yeah, I love you guys much that I want to go back to the plantation and I got all this knowledge. Hell no. There's no way I'm going back to slavery. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. The number one thing that drives every religion is what? Fear. Yep. They tell you if you don't do this, Mm -hmm. then it's this. How the hell is that love? How is that love? And then nobody want to show you where, where hell is. Mm-hmm. They just tell you that's where you're going. Well, where is it? <laughs> how how you going to tell me I'm going somewhere and you ain't never been there? Right. So that's how this belief system is. So now if your child comes and says, mommy, do I come from a unicorn? You're going to laugh and say, <laughs> oh no, baby, you don't come from a unicorn, but nobody laughs when they say that a woman came from a man's rib. Did mm. you see, have you seen that happen before, Stephanie? Mm. No, no. I've never seen that. No. Oh, so that just happened one time with no proof, but we just got to accept it. No, it don't work that way. And see, the Bible is a big psychology book because what they do is they make questioning things be a sin. So if you question it, meaning if you, you, if you actually Don't use your brain, that. mm-hmm. that's a sin. Because they know if black people start to use their brain, they're going to say, man, I can't believe I fell for this for so long. Because that's what happened to you. That's what happened to me. That's what happens to anybody who is a black sheep. Mm-hmm. You're a black sheep for a reason, and there's nothing negative or wrong about no black sheep. Black sheep is the best person on, on earth. Because they break generational curses. That's what they're there for. Yes. And that's who I roll with. I feel that. (laughs) I feel that in my spirit. (laughs) Absolutely. You, you, You see, anything that I say is just plain common sense. I'm no prophet. I'm no this or that. I'm just using my brain that came from the divine source that you see every day. Everybody want to ask, so if you don't believe in God, because I don't believe in God, okay? Let me, let me, let me set the record straight mm-hmm. so that everybody understands. When I say I do not believe in God, all that means is I don't believe in what white people say they believe in. So, for example, look up the word God. And when you do, you're going to see that it's a Greek origin. Last time I checked, I'm not Greek. Right. Last time I checked, it was the Greeks who invaded Africa, pillaged it, tried to kill everybody 
steal all of our literature and create their religions? Why would I subscribe to something they created after our ancestors already had their own spirituality? Mm. Africa is the only kingdom that had divine men and divine women. But coincidentally, Stephanie, Egypt is the greatest civilization on earth. Mm -hmm. Now, why is that? Is that because it was a male-dominated religious society? No. It's because women knew who they were just as divine as men. So when I say I don't believe in God, what I'm saying is I don't subscribe or believe anything that came from my oppressor. What I do know, see, the operative words is believe and know. What I know is that I came from a woman. That woman is my mother. And that is what I know. There's no reason for me to believe that I came from a man's rib fairy tale, non-proven story. Right. It just doesn't make sense. And and with that being said, we just get so caught up in this belief system that we don't stop to think that it is a belief. Beliefs are not real. And you can't laugh at your children for believing in cartoons and certain things where those things cannot be proven, but then yet your religion can't be proven. So what you laughing at? Mm. If anything, you're worse because you're grown. Your kids are kids. They don't know nothing yet. So, how are you feeling? A little uncomfortable? Good. This is an opportunity for you to think a little bigger. Stay tuned for part two.